Morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wealthy Retailer Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Holman, uh, and my my behind-the-scenes guy, my right-hand man here, Rob Lollisher with Road 55. Uh, morning, Rob. Hey, Good here morning. we are recording uh, for June 25th. Uh, I should take note of that date. Um, June 25th is is my uh, 30, 32nd. 32nd wedding anniversary so i should oh, i uh, thought you were gonna say birthday for a moment I was gonna big, <laughs> well i got a new post covid night haircut here so you know you know <laughs> so you you've got a couple days to forget to buy a gift uh i do i do i got it yeah yeah i'll figure something out tomorrow you got it covered yeah pressure's on <laughs> right on well, we got some good stories to talk about this week that uh, I, I'm excited. You know, there's always something yeah. different going on. A uh, story came out about some of the most trusted brands uh, by Canadian consumers. So that, that's pretty interesting. The, uh, our, our friends to the east of the great province of Saskatchewan uh, performing much better in the nation when it comes to the decline in sales. So we'll chat about that. Uh, Indigo CEO weighs in on, uh, you know, some some strong words for the government, and not that Dan never has any, but uh, <laughs> let's, we'll, we'll chat on that line too. Uh, a big uh-huh. new opening in Calgary, which is great to hear at, at this time uh, of the year and everything that's going on. And uh, you know what? I, I saw this headline, and, and kudos to the copywriter. I love a good headline, and I saw the words revenge shopping. And it's like, okay, we're, we're totally talking about revenge shopping. Yeah, but, uh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> well, I'll take us into the, into the first story, Dan. It, it comes to us from uh, uh, the business in Vancouver group, the BIV.com. And uh, it talks about the most trusted uh, brands by Canadian consumers. So they had just recently uh, uh, done this as they do for, I believe it's the sixth year that they've done it. This is the Gustafson School of Business at, at UVic. Um, and it talks about you know trust in consumer brands, unfortunately, is at an all-time low. Uh, but organizations still have that opportunity to respond by showing they care for the well-being of their customers and their staff and making sure their products are, are available according to uh, uh, this, this new study. So there, there's some definitely recognizable names on there, Dan. Why don't uh, yeah, tell us a bit about what do you, what do you think about this story? Uh, well, I'll, I, you know, these guys from, from BVIC, they do a great job in these studies, and they have done them for several years. Um, my, my, you know, as we talked about maybe last week with Stats Canada, you know, we're really only seeing very small sample sets and they're not reaching out. I mean, this audience, I think, focused a lot of energy on 18 to 35. And so we're certainly seeing that little bit of a younger audience, you know, come through. There's a couple of things that stood out for me in this article. Uh, Number one was the fact that CTV News was one of the most recognizable brands, not a consumer brand, doesn't belong in the story, but here they were you know, being talked about in the, in the same vein as, you know, as Costco and home hardware and home Depot, um, Canadian tire mountain equipment co-op, you know? And so we talk about these, this brand awareness and the fact that we're seeing change in that brand awareness speaks to the power of the independent retailer. You know, when we think about, asking questions like this, you know, which of these is your most recognizable brand? 
you know, here's a five-way tie. You pick the winner. You know, right. home hardware, Lego, Bose, Band-Aid, and Kleenex. Well, we didn't yeah. ask them about, you know, Bella Moss Boutique in Sherwood Park or in St. Albert. Yeah. We asked them about home hardware. So no wonder they show up. And even, and even when it's not in a multiple-choice vein, I am still subconsciously weighted you know, by that silent salesman in my ear and whether that's the television or the radio. Um, and you know that in the last 90 days, we have had so much brainwashing, so much shit pumped into our heads that it's hard to get past that. And so my, my thing as I read through this article really was, you know, the fact that we're not seeing bigger brands or that we're seeing brands slide down the ladder is because people have a more social focus. And when we say social focus, it is now the recognition, you know, of the soccer mom and dad in my community that owns the local store. You know, and whether that's the grocer, the apparel store, the pet store, the hardware store, there is more weight given now to that retailer that is you know, surviving this in, in our local community. Yes, our communities have home hardwares and candy tires and, and those great stores. And there's nothing wrong with those great stores. And it's not that their brand power is diminishing. They're just being, you know, they're being poised, they're, they're being pushed to become more social. Is, you know, this is obviously, this is 30,000 foot view, big, big macro view of brands. Right. As, as maybe some of the, the what we've known as the bigger brands in, in our world, the trust declines. It's more trust is going up when you take that micro look in, in communities that just, you know, I, I, I trust my local brand more because I know them, see them, talk to them. And, right. And, and so does opportunity come out of that? Well, I want you to know this first and foremost, you know, these, these articles, I mean, uh, I think this was Carla Wilson. She's a Times columnist. You know, her job is to write a headline that gets people to read. These are the brands most trusted by Canadian consumers in 2020. Well, listen, I'd argue that there isn't a trusted brand in 2020. We don't have a good enough sample size. For two and a half or three months, people haven't had the opportunity to support their brand. So the article, while well written, the headline really focused on, hey, we're losing trust. I mean, the, it's in, there's an inference that we're losing trust in big brands, and it's just not true. It's not true, you know, and this is a small sample size. And we went from January to February, you know, to come back out and do another study in April or May. And we go from studying 7,000 people to 1,000 people. Right. That is not a good cross section of the Canadian consumer, yep. you know, and I, I, I think for a long time, brands have been challenging themselves, you know, big brands have been challenging themselves to, to maintain their, you know, household status. And the independent retailer fights them every single day. And I'd rather buy from Lindsay, you know, than maybe Canadian Tire. I know Lindsay. Yeah. I see her at the hockey arena, right? And so that there's not enough there's not enough study done at the independent level to really give them an opportunity. No, and and I guess in all reality too, that level of of uh, um community uh, survey is probably not going to happen any, any time in the, in the near future. But right. I, I think the spirit of what we're talking about is 
is just that and, and lends itself to the, the opportunity for the, the small boutique retailers to, there, there's, there's so much trust uh, opportunity to be gained out there that uh, that's exciting. So it, yeah. It's, and uh, I think one thing there. I, one thing I glossed over and I shouldn't have is, is truly the power of these brands delivering a social empowering message of us really focusing on well-being. And I think maybe a little further down in one of the articles, you know, there's some talk about Starbucks and what Starbucks did, you know, and, and I, I do believe that not just the younger audience, not just the 18 to 35, but every single person with $5 in their pocket to spend is quite likely to support someone that supports their local right. social economy yeah. as well as, you know, their, their, yeah. you know, business economy. And I think we, we, we want to make sure that we don't lose sight of the fact that, you know, we need social protection in communities as well as economic protection. Totally. And these yeah. brands that support that, you know, are always going to start, they're always going to be one step ahead of those that don't. Well, let's uh, let's talk about a brand that you should know and trust, and if not, uh, get to know them. And that's a uh, sponsor of our podcast. This one's brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. From the latest point-of-sale software to e-commerce solutions, from Heartland Retail to Retail Pro to Shopify and more, they've got the retail solutions to make your store more successful. Let them help you find your cutting-edge retail solution today. So be sure to check out retailbycrs.com. Okay, our next story. If uh, you're going to have to forgive me saying it this way, but I have oh. to, if I can read the card correctly, this story hails from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. <laughs> and, uh, you know, good story for the province that they, they've, they've weathered the national storm, that uh, they, they, Saskatchewan has the lowest decline in retail sales for April. Uh, they're, they're, it's still a drop. You know, it was 14.8% uh, from March to April compared to the national average, which was 26.4%. So I don't know, Dan, if uh, be the best of the worst, uh, but it's uh, um, obviously Saskatchewan not hit as hard as, as the rest of the country. Uh, and, and I kind of asked the question too. So if, if you are doing better than if you're, if you're down less than, um, 26% and being better than that, are you doing okay right now? Yeah, I mean, you're certainly, you're doing okay. And again, you know, think about, you know, where we're seeing, you know, the, the most um, impacted areas of COVID-19. And I don't just mean, you know, infection driven impact, but even economic impact. It is where our cities in Canada are the most dense, yep. right? Dense population, you know, is driving some of this, this infection, you know, infection physically and economically. Right. And Saskatchewan is not dense, you know, in any no. sense of the meaning. I'm not going to pick on our friends to the east. Listen, Saskatchewan has done a very good job of managing both you know, the impact, the disruption that COVID, yeah. you know, presented um, and, and the spread of any kind of infection. I think it still remains the lowest province. I, I mean, I think it's yeah. still amongst, you know, our most northern provinces 
you know, with, with very, very little. And so their, you know, their economic impact has been, while still 23 or 24% down. I mean, I think that they were 24% of year over year and 14 or 15 month over month. So, I mean, even 25% is a manageable decline in business. You know, it's all, it's, all and things it's, considered right now. Yeah, all things considered, twenty five percent decline in business is manageable. Yeah, there's there's enough ability to recover. You know that twenty five percent, if that's all it is. But if you're on the downward trend, you know, and staring from twenty five to thirty instead of twenty five to twenty, okay, we've got a bigger bigger challenge. Right. And right. and you know, it's funny that this story came out of Moose Jaw. You know, I mean, these agriculturally driven communities don't have bigger retail stores in them. They rely heavily on, you know, the local independent essential retail. And when you look at, you know, one of my favorite stores in, in Moose Jaw is Cowtown. Um, You know, Cowtown's in four or five (laughs) Saskatchewan towns. What what do they have there? What's (laughs) like cowboy boots or what? Well, okay. So good question. You know, what is Cowtown? Holy cow. Cowtown is a, is an all in one store, you know, for that cowboy, that farmer, that working guy in Saskatchewan. And they sell everything from feed, you know, animal health and, and, and equipment through apparel, through pet. I mean, they're probably still in Saskatchewan, the leader in pet sales. Wow. Um, and, and it's the, in communities like Moose Jaw and um, Regina and Saskatoon. And, you know, I, they just, they continue, you know, to be, I mean, they are an essential. So, you know, while they may not have been able to sell apparel, they still had the ability to sell pet. And we right. know pet at the start of this thing, you know, we, we yeah. saw double and triple, you know, comp numbers as people sort of started to, nest a bit and look after their stuff. Yeah. So, you know, Saskatchewan really, you know, not only have they done a good job, um, they're not as dense and, and their retail is much more, especially in Moose Jaw, much, much more essential than, than luxury. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's an interesting take like that, that may have not been affected as much because like you said, they had just more of that, the uh, uh, more of a mix of that local retailer rather than some of the obviously we saw the big the big chains get hit really really hard. Uh, yeah, and well, the, the more dense those communities are, yeah. I think the more challenge we see them. And if you look at what's happening right now, you know, you look in in Florida or Arizona where the big retail stores are saying, "Hold hold hold on a minute, hold on a minute, we're going to pull yeah. it back a gear." You know, Apple announced the other day they're going to close you know, stores in Arizona and Florida right now, yep. reclose, yep. you know, to regroup themselves. How do you think, um, just on the topic of, of like, like uh, um, we'll say the, the spread out factor, I look at even like in a, just any individual store that, you know, our models before were, were get as many people in, in as fast a time as you can in as small right. a space, like the, that was the formula. What are you hearing, Dan, when it comes to the stores, how they're, how are they doing managing three customers at a time? Like, is, is it a nicer flow through the whole day? Obviously those big spikes are gone, but what, what, what have you heard? What have you seen? So I, I, you know, it really does now speak to scale depending on the kind of store we are and where we are. You know, we see some of those athleisure brands with three and four hour waits to get in their stores, yeah. you know, 
crazy lineups to get in the stores. And, you know, you drive by your favorite dress shop and there's one car in the parking lot. And so it really does depend on the sector, the city. But overall, if we could sort of broad stroke, you know, we're seeing better engagement. People are walking through the door now more than ever with a determination to buy. Yeah. You know, I think I think maybe near the end of our talk today, we're going to talk about, you know, revenge shopping. And <laughs> yeah. isn't that no. part of what we're seeing, this pent-up no. demand? And when you walk into a store now, you know, I've said this for a long time. I've maintained this. People got in their car. You know, women, you know, combed their hair. Men did their – to put their pants on. You know, if you're me, I got to put pants on to leave those. You know, we put, we prepare ourselves to leave. We get in our car and we drive to a store. We drove to that store with this predetermined, you know, disposition to buy. We've made this decision. We have predetermined we're going to buy something if, yep. you know, if the experience is what I need it to be. And now more than ever, I, I have a demonstrated, you know, predetermination to buy. Yep. And that's what's happening in stores today. So while I might have 30 or 40 or 50% decline in traffic, my conversion ratio is up and my average sale is up on, on comparable numbers. Now, that doesn't mean I'm rocking and rolling and swimming no, in cash no. in my store. It just means that those three people that walk in my store today are quite likely to buy versus no you know, out of the six that walked in yesterday that I only had three. If, if, yeah, if you can hang on to that level of service and that, you know, getting that average ticket up when the, when the volume of numbers do come back, right, uh, should bode, you know, quite well. I think it is. will. Yep. And I think that those customers that are standing outside the store waiting to buy, yep. that, that get in some form of a lineup to walk in the store, you know, they – we really need to honor that commitment and make sure that they leave with a total solution. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't sell them a damn t-shirt. That's not why they waited. They need you to wait on them. They need you to serve them yeah. Yeah. and, and they need to walk I'm, out I'm with three bags served. full. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Right. Okay. Our next story uh, from BNN Bloomberg uh, CA. You can check that out. And uh, if you haven't folks, be sure to sign up for the newsletter. I go to Retail by CRS and uh, sign up because we've got the links to these stories as well as many others that, uh, you know, the news you need to know, uh, we curate it for you. Uh, so here's a story. Indigo CEO, um, Heather Reisman, she weighed in pretty heavily with some pretty pointed words to the government that, uh, you know, what they need right now is some very affordable, low-cost loans to get through the next she's, – she's identifying the next two years and, and really feels – it's a small give on behalf of the government, and uh, uh, she does feel that if, if they're, you know, to use the term, if they're cavalier about jobs at this moment, uh, she feels it will take half a decade uh, uh, to come back. So she's frustrated right now. I, I know we've shared some words about the government in the past, but what, what was yep. your thoughts on this story, Dan? You know, um, I really wish, I, I mean, I love Amanda Lang. Um, I mean, great, does a great job. and and. Karen's now my new favorite CEO and not because she's advocating for the government. I'm, I'm anti-government in most things. I don't feel like they do a, a, a good job of keeping their finger on the pulse. 
Um, but in this, in this story, you know, she does a really great job, um, of, of, I don't want to say of highlighting what's needed, but, but Heather really does a good job of identifying what's going to happen as a CEO, you know, as a visionary. I mean, CEO is a weird, always has been. It's, I mean, a weird label. I use it. I throw it around, but it really, you know, that CEO, that chief in any business, their job is to climb to the top of the trees and look forward, Yep. you know, and be able to see where they're headed and guide their team and lead their team towards (laughs) towards a greater good, towards a better future. And today, you know, we're not being honest with each other. We're not being honest from a media perspective. We're not being honest from a government perspective. And we're not being honest as business leaders. You know, we're all trying to play the, you know, can't wait for fall, can't wait for holiday. Oh, this is going to be a 12-month recovery. Well, it's not true. We know you know, that losing the first quarter of 2020 or the first six months of 2020, you know, it's going to take us, you know, at least two years to recover from. You've heard me say this before, every single retailer out there, even those that are well capitalized is 200 bucks from living on the street. You know, Heather, you know, is in a very well capitalized business and 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 an important business but that doesn't matter how well they're capitalized, you know, if, if we don't build some sustainability into this. And, you know, she's saying if I had the opportunity to yank on the government's ear, I'd say, hey, you've got to recognize that this is probably a two-year challenge and that we need to protect our, our employees through this rest of the year. For the next six, you know, five or six months, we need to protect, yeah. you know, the, the cues needs to be in place to help support bringing workers you know, back into our stores, but not just bringing workers back in, but freeing up the restraint on our cash flow to drive our business forward, to give us the comfort to know that, okay, wait a minute, I'm, I'm okay through the end of the year. Now I can start to, to be more visionary. Our challenge today is quite simply that, you know, we have no idea where we're headed. And the mistake that the government is making, this is highly opinionated, but it's, it's who I am. The mistake they're making is continuing with a serb instead of the the cues. You know, I I recognize that people need yeah, you know that work. subsidy. I recognize that, but it might be better used, you know, in the business community to bring people back to work to give them purpose and meaning. You know, not you'll give them a hand up, not a hand out, you know, help the business put people back to work. And I feel like the mistake we're making is, is by not focusing on the business. Heather talks about the fact that there are 1.6 million people connected to that retail sector, you know, and that 1.6 million people, there's 40% of them or more that are at home on their couch. Right, right. You know, we've got to help businesses get back to work. We've got to help people get back through our front doors and in a safe and sanitized manner. But if we don't push people back through our front doors, you know, recovery is a half a decade. Be tough. So do you think it is that kind of your opinion? It's it's moving in Canada from the CERB program to the to the wage subsidy program? You you, you think know, that's the best fit right now? I, I, I do think if I have to lean on some level of subsidy, 
Yep. It's going to be one that's connected to putting people to work. The challenge for me, I mean, I think Heather asked for perhaps even low-cost loans for a couple of years. Yep. Great idea. I think it would go a long way. And I think if it was focused on the right businesses, it would help us to, to jumpstart, you know, the, the stalled economy. And we are stalled. There is no way, other way to look at this. We are stalled. And putting dollars in the right place will help to jumpstart us. Yep. And whether that's a low-cost loan, probably my second choice, you know, or, you know, the wage protection. And even, you know, even in a better monitored way, you know, having access to, to services and resources, you know, that can make a difference. And, I, yep. you know, I, I'm thinking you know, help me here, you know, instead of me making a tax contribution, give me that money back to, to demonstrate how I can drive performance in my community. Yeah. And that's, that happens at a municipal, provincial and federal level. You know, there are ways that we can help each other, you know, well, let's, with, let's, with a hand up. Let's talk about uh, one step at a time, I say, and uh, <laughs> let's look at that one step. And, and this is our opportunity. Dan, I, I want to hear, share, share a tip with us that, uh, for that retailer out there, that, that one step that's going to help them this week. Okay. You know, here we are. We're sitting in our, in our weekly, uh, what we call our level 10 meetings. Level 10. We, we want to score meetings. You know, we want to get a 10 out of 10. So okay. here we are, company-wide level 10 meeting. You know, when I'm talking with one of our account managers, technical account managers, Eduardo, in our office, um, and we're talking about the things that surprise us. And, and Eduardo is like, well, you know, people are using 10, 15, 20% of their system, of their business management tool. Yep. You know, and, and here we are. We talked about this several weeks ago. You know, use your point of sale system for all that it's worth. You know, if we only use it as a cash register, we're missing the opportunity to better manage our business. Which, we don't, how many would you say today use, use it simply as that, their cash register? Uh, on a scale, you know, if I look at, you know, single store through enterprise level businesses, the smaller the company, the less likely they are to be using the analytics or the depth of their business management tool. Yeah. And it is not a slight on them. I get it. They're wearing 10 hats, yeah. you know, but that's why your point of sale partners, I use that yeah. term over and over again, partners yeah. exist. Pick up the phone. How can you help me? Yeah. What am I not seeing in my point of sale system? What am I not doing? Well, and to not let it go 11th hour and all of a sudden, you know, by fire hose, I've got to try and right. figure this, this out. Just, you know, that working a little bit at a time and, and getting better understanding with it. Because to your You're point, gonna see. There, there's yeah. so much that uh, the retailer will get out of these systems if they, if they just learn to use what, what's right. at their fingertips. And I think that if we recognize that it is a valuable tool, you know, it's, a, it's, it's not just, you know, a, another arrow it is a tool. It's a valuable tool in the business that can help me tell the future. It can help me be better at predicting what's going to happen. You know, I go back to Heather talking about, I've got to have money to be able to clear my markdown goods. Well, the first thing that retailers need to understand is what does my aged inventory look like? Right. How much money is parked 
buried in dust in my store and how do I convert that? Yeah. And you know, who bought this in the past? There's so much information buried in that yeah. tool that, you know, hey, what's the one report I could run that would help me better manage my business? Pick up your phone, call your POS partner, partner, not provider, your partner, yep. and ask them to tell you something you don't know about your point of sale system. Right on. Well, here's something I didn't know. I was excited to read this headline. New Canadian apparel brand, uh, Dewar, opened a new storefront in Calgary. Uh, I love this quote. He's, you know, expanding into Calgary has been on the radar for a couple of years. And, you know, openly admits, although opening a new retail location in this current climate is not a simple task, it hasn't clouded their enthusiasm. And I, yeah. I really zero in on that line. I like that a lot. So uh, tell us about this, Dan. What, what your thoughts? Listen, I, I, I love this, this brand doer. And it has two different things that I really admire about the brand. Yes, their dedication to continue moving forward. Don't really care about their south of the border strategy, um, but, but certainly moving forward in Canada. They've got, you know, two now going on three, going to be really great experiential stores. Um, you know, their, their founder and CEO um, has, a, has a vision that, that is exciting. You know, and they've chosen those hot spots or what are identified as hot spots to open their stores. When you look at, you know, where they are in Toronto and Vancouver, and now, you know, they're, they're going to be in an old Lululemon store. Old right. Lululemon sounds kind of weird, but in a former Lululemon space, you know, on 4th Street in, in Calgary. And, yeah. and Gary, the CEO, Gary Leonard is his name. The founder, uh, Gary, Gary uh, Leonard is his name. Yeah. Um, you know, is confident in their performance, but not only at the retail level, also at the wholesale level. And part of one of the things that really struck me as absolutely newsworthy was the launch of what they call Next. Okay. You know, Next, Next is their model that allows the consumer to buy into a production run at a reduced rate. I mean, it is a sound business model yeah. where the retailer is, I mean, it, think of this like GoFundMe. Yeah. You know, they've yeah. created a, Orange a categorical. Juice futures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think yeah. that right now, you know, when you think about how the next program works, they launch a product, you commit to it, you know, you buy it yeah. and, you know, four to eight weeks later, it's delivered to you. And so you're getting the latest trend, not to mention, listen, the brand is fabulous. Right. right. Um, you know, he talks about, you know, he was really looking for a jean that he could get off of his bike and walk into the boardroom. You know, that's the kind of denim they are. And great t-shirts. and a good way to describe that, that, uh, that need, right? Right, right. I mean, that's what I want to be able to jump off my bike and yeah. walk in the boardroom yeah. and not, you know, listen, if I jump off my bike, there's no way I'm walking into a boardroom. I'm walking into the shower. But So, so this know. program next, do, do you, yeah. are you seeing more of this, Dan, out there where... Uh, like, like definitely cutting edge of, of, uh, okay, we're, we're going to write down to the nickel, uh, figure yeah. out exactly what we're going to make. What's that? Yeah. Look like and this is really, we're not seeing a lot of this. And when you okay. think about how they're gauging demand, how they're measuring, you know, they, they believe that this is a less wasteful environment, a more economical environment, and they're changing with this, this opportunity and you end up, I mean, the presentation is, you know, that you're going to save money. 
and it's quite simple. You know, they introduce a new product or an existing product in a new color or new wash as, as, as denim goes. It's a new wash. And for three weeks, they launch that project product and yeah. you get the chance to buy it. That's you know, cool. at some discount that might only be 10%. I mean, I think their last launch was a t-shirt, you know, a $44 t-shirt or $48 t-shirt that you could buy for 40 bucks kind of thing, okay. you know, and at the end of the, that launch, that three week launch, they manufacture the product. So now they're, yeah. they're going out and finding out what their demand is ahead of producing product and not just finding out the demand, they're getting paid to pre-produce their products. So super intelligent. Yeah. If you're a retailer thinking about, Oh my gosh, how do I manage a launch? Yeah. You know, build one item, measure your demand. Well, and, and talk about bringing your customer in and like really making them feel a part of, of the, the, the giving them that specialness <laughs> factor. Right. Uh, when we're, we're going to make you feel special to give us your money. So uh, uh, super cool. Really like that. And uh, definitely looks like a, a store everyone should go check out as soon as they can. Yeah, I mean, their stores are great stores, too. I mean, I, I, you know, kid-friendly, adventurous kind of stores. And they, they do fit men and women and, and great denim. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great story. I love it. And I love the fact that they're saying, you know, ah, yeah, it's challenging to open a store during this time. But, you know, come July 2nd, we're launching our store in Calgary. And do we're going to continue our talk. Do you think that's many of them, um, you know, it, sometimes right now it's hard to look past next week or the next month. Right. Uh, do, do most of these folks, like, you, you just got to come in and at least it's a five-year window or a 10-year. What, what does that look like, do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's five years. A little far it's out. It's funny. You know, we've been, we've been doing some interviewing, you know, for business development at Canadian Retail Solutions. Yeah. And the number one question that people have asked is, what's, what does five years down the road look like? Yeah. Well, we haven't heard that conversation for a long time, right. you know, and it, it speaks to people's you know, need for comfort, need for, you know, maybe right. a little less change. Now they yeah. want to know what you're doing five years from now. Yeah. But as a business owner, we're trying to you know, figure it's out great to have, <laughs> yeah, it's great to have a five or 10 year goal. Yeah. You know, you're that big, that BHAG that we talked about before, your big, hairy, audacious goal, yeah. but you're only looking forward by three years and then backing up to the next three months. Yeah. You know, your plan, your vision isn't really need doesn't really need to be you know your vision needs to be five or ten out but your traction needs to be in the next three years and okay. these That's companies a good way to frame it up yeah yeah these yeah. companies that are that are able to rein their vision in and say where do we need to get traction in our business to be able to achieve that vision you know if i want to be here in three years where do i need to be in the next year yeah. and if i'm going to be here in one year what do i need to do in the next 90 days yeah. And retailers today, not just retailers, anyone in business today needs to have a firm grasp on what their next 90 days looks like. Yeah. Well, this next story in terms of what the next 90 days look like, it talks about this, what the past or the past 90 days has been. And that's all this pent up demand. So this story <laughs> comes to us from the Philadelphia Inquirer, inquirer.com. We'll have the link in the newsletter. Uh, again, I mentioned at the beginning, I love the headline that revenge shopping uh, yeah. is really driving uh, the retail and restaurant spending. And, you know, the story talks about, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's payback for being uh, cooped up for two and a half months. For sure. How long, Dan, does that last in your opinion? Is this, is it part of the new norm or, or is this, 
will it phase out in a month or so? What do you what do you think there? Hundred percent will will absolutely phase out, but the phase out will be dependent on the pocket that you live in. You know, again, okay. you know, we talk about Philly. This is this happens to be in Philadelphia. Yep. You know, one of my favorite stores of all time is in Philadelphia. Um, you know, Skirt Maureen Doran just absolutely love her and her business model to right. death. Shout um, out to Skirt. Yeah, and and so you know, in Philly. You know, this is a this is a city that was really locked down, right. um, and and had some challenge, you know, with yeah. with the 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 um, protests. I'm not going to call them. Yeah, with the with the protests. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they had some challenge, and so now as things have settled a little bit, you're seeing people come back with this bit of vengeance, almost, you know, pent up frustration and anger and it's not just in philly this story just happened to come from the inquirer yeah, yeah, totally. and i i mean i looked at it and went oh the inquirer this has got to be worth reading yeah. <laughs> that's a different inquirer <laughs> yeah i didn't realize it was a different inquirer no yeah, yeah, yeah but but i think you're seeing that pent-up demand in other markets as well and depending on how locked down a community was you know we're seeing more and more uh uh dedication to getting back out there and replenishing you know, the, the comforts yeah. in, in my, in my past, in my life. And I think, you know, as I talked about earlier, you know, some of those, some of those great athleisure brands having three and four hour waits to get into their store, right, right. that's all about pent up demand. That's not yeah. me needing a new air Jordan, you know, that's yeah. pent up demand. Yeah. And I love the fact that people want to get out there and support those stores. Yeah, totally. There's, there's going to be a lot of pent up, uh, hug demand. Everyone just wants a hug, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> And you notice that that even that picture that they used yeah. in the article yep. was a store full chalked full of apparel, women's apparel, right, and right. one customer in the store. Right, right. It's not like they were body checking <laughs> each other or give, throwing the yeah, high yeah. elbow to get to get that product. It was yep. there's they're restricting traffic flow, which creates more. I mean, think about this. You know, think about supply and demand. You know, our supply has really been choked off the supply being the availability to go and shop. Right. So we choked down supply, which has created excess demand. Yeah. It's spread that, de that 90 day demand. You know, we've taken that 90 day demand and now we've sort of bolstered it into or blocked it down into this last two or three weeks, you know? And so we've choked the supply down, which has increased demand. Yeah. Well, in so many ways too, the the you could you could always buy that shirt, but the supply of the experience of buying yeah. that shirt is what what got choked out. And and I guess what's refreshing, especially from a brick and mortar retail perspective, is is that that is definitely what was missed the most was the, yeah. the experience of of that purchase. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, Dan. Well, boy, we covered a lot of uh, great uh, great headlines this week. Uh, why don't you take us home here? Yeah. So, hey, listen, guys, thank you so, so much for uh, for listening to the Wealthy Retailer podcast. Uh, if you've not subscribed to the podcast, head over to your favorite podcast platform, uh, search out the Wealthy Retailer, click the subscribe button, throw us a comment, uh, share it, like it, love it, don't love it, you know, give us a little something to talk about. <laughs> um, and for sure, you know, catch retail by CRS.com. Uh, sign up for the newsletter, uh, copy of this, you know, podcast is always available there. Um, plus all of the other articles that we didn't talk about, 
you know, so I mean, yeah. I think there was probably five or six others that were yeah, there super some worthy that, of conversation this week that, you know, talking about how proactive landlords are getting to, to yeah. get future tenants. Um, collaboration. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. A story about, you know, I love the term. You don't have to carry all the freight yourself. Right. Looking for those collab opportunities. Uh, a new shopping mall app came out in, in trying to support all of its retailers, not just in the mall, but but uh, other places. So that's interesting too, uh, letting you search for thousands of products. So that stuff's all in the newsletters. Dan said, be sure to sign up at retailbycrs.com. Folks, yeah. folks, thank you so much for joining us on the Wealthy Retailer Podcast. Brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. Remember at their core, they believe in having real and relevant relationships. They offer solution-based sales and services. They maintain a client-centered bottom line focus, and they provide you with credible and complete care. They exist to make retailers better. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in each week as we capture the retail headlines you need to know. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.